Hey. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's how we got to do it. Yep. Just got to start. Mm-hmm. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm good. There was a pause. Yeah, but at least I paused and you didn't just like lie through your teeth or anything. So it's fine. Anyways. Anywho. Um, I'm doing good. No, I really, really am. Good. I'm doing the best that I can. Just working a lot. And um, it's been a long week. Yeah, it has been. Happy Halloween to everyone. Belated Halloween. Yeah, belated. It's fine. <sighs> it's okay. Spooky season still lives on. <laughs> it still lives on. At least until November 27th. Because thanksgiving's on the 26th okay sure or year round if you're like me and you don't put up decorations like you don't take them down you just put them up and then leave them for year round that's a vibe yeah i'm thinking about putting little santa hats on all my little bats (laughs) just to make the halloween a little more holiday well if you do like the nightmare before christmas ooh. You should just decorate everything as Nightmare Before Christmas exactly. because it works for all holidays, mm-hmm. I think, right? From Halloween to everything. Christmas. I wouldn't say Nightmare Before Christmas goes Valentine's Day, but... I feel like it could. I mean, there's like a love story kind of there between Jack and Sally, to right? each their own. So... I, I haven't mean, said that in a couple episodes, so... I mean, I think I wanted you say, to say it, it now. every single episode. You no, just, I don't. Okay. Yeah, sure. I'm denying... All of those allegations. Yeah. Oh. I used a $4 word. Oh, it's because it is not midnight and instead it is six o'clock. Oh. We still got those brain juices flowing. Mm, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I am speaking for myself <laughs> and I do not have the brain juices flowing. I'm just hoping that the more that I say it, the more true it becomes. Affirmations. Affirmations. After mating. Mations. After, after mating nations. seasons. Yes, that's correct. After Good job. nations. Well, before we get started today, uh, I just wanted to remind everyone that we do post updates and recaps of all of our episodes on our Instagram at do not sleep alone and on TikTok at do not sleep alone as well. Where we be acting a fool. <laughs> so yeah, super excited about launching our TikTok. Um, Jerry been, will be there too. Of course. Honestly, he's Love our Jerry. best friend. Mm-hmm. So super excited. We've been working a lot on getting that going. So to finally see it up is going to be awesome. Awesome sauce. So for today, we got spooky stories, y'all. I mean, spooky season, so the end of it, or the middle of it, depending Just on who you are. <laughs> so I wish I could say that in a deep voice. And it, why? Just the beginning. Now I sound like Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Batman. Where is she? <laughs> <laughs> that was Harvey Dent. That wasn't, that's not, that's not what Batman says. Have we even seen any of the Batman movies? Oh, wait, no, that is Batman. Oh, my God. I've seen the Batman movies, guys. Where is she? That is Batman. He's saying that to Harvey before Mm -hmm. he becomes Two-Faced. I know Batman. Mm -hmm. I've watched it. I'm the Batman. I'm the Batman. I am the Batman. I'm the Batman. So, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I don't know. Mine's kind of scary. So, should we end with, like, a super spooky note? Because mine is not as spooky. Mine's a creepypasta, so... Ooh, yes. Let's save that to the end, because save the best for last, a.k.a. you. Babe. 
I know. So Sorry, cute. Kyle. Ooh. Ooh. I'm kidding. Alrighty. So today I am going to be talking about Devil's Chair in Florida. So our Uncle Greg actually requested us to do this story. Uncle Greg. Uncle Greg. He's not <laughs> my actual uncle, but he His name is Uncle Greg, though. Yes. And he basically is my uncle because yeah. I've been with this family for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, So the devil's chair is an urban legend that is associated with legend tripping. Uh, Legend tripping is when a group of people take a trip to a location of significance, where something like horrific, like horrific or tragic has happened. Horrific. Her tragic. I love that. Horrific. It was horrific. It was horrific. Her outfit. Horrific. Horrific. Did you see her? Horrific. Oh my God. But anyways, there are different devil's chairs all over the world. Um, Florida's devil's chair is located on the border of Casa Dega and it's in Lake Helen in the Lake Helen cemetery. So fun fact, I don't know if you knew this, but Casa Dega is known as the psychic capital of the world. I did know that, but I always thought it was pronounced. I'm really going to expose myself here. Casa Daga. <laughs> I'm <laughs> really dumb. <laughs> what if I'm pronouncing it wrong? I no, remember driving like I, but I've seen that sign like driving past it. And I was like, Casa Daga. Casa Daga. <laughs> Daga. It's like, and like, there's a sign after that for like thought to know Sasa or something like that. <laughs> I'm dead serious. I have to like, next time I drive that way, it's like on the way to like Sarasota and stuff yeah. like that. That's like whenever I go towards Disney and I pass Hartzog Road and every Hot time Zog. I see it, I look at it and I'm like, it's Hogwarts. Every single time I see it, my brain is immediately like, think, we're going to Hogwarts. I say just like hot dog but in a really demonic hot, hot dog, dog. <laughs> i've been a smoker for 30 years you want a hot dog i just really need a hot dog <laughs> oh my god i can't i can't anyways casa Dega was originally founded by a man named george p colby and it was actually first known as the spiritualistic camp in 1875 and then later in 1894 is when it changed to just Casa Dega. I feel like everything in the 1800s just like automatically makes it scary. Yeah, because the 1800s are terrifying. Yeah, I'm like, every time I hear someone say like an 18 something something, I'm like, mm. you already know. <laughs> you already know. <Spooky. laughs> and George was known as the seer of spiritualism. So he was spoken to by a Native American named Seneca during a seance to go to Casadega, which was literally nothing at the time. Like it was just this small little town next to Blue Springs. And I've been there. Yeah, it's actually really, really pretty and it's really nice. Mm -hmm. And so like this Native American actually became kind of like the spirit guide for him and he just really felt connected to this guide and was like okay i guess i'm just gonna go down there and we'll see what happens like in 17 again right guide i know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) oh my god (laughs) and then after coming to costadega george signed the warranty deed to 35 acres which 
has expanded like over time Mm -hmm. to what we see now. And it's actually a very sacred and spiritual town where a lot of psychics and spiritualists and energy is like incredibly abundant in Mm -hmm. to where there's actually even a natural vortex in the city and a vortex it can be man-made or it can be a natural one Mm -hmm. and it's just a point of like super concentrated psychic energy Mm -hmm. you see orbs yeah totally and ectoplasm ectoplasm (laughs) uh kind of maybe um it's more so just a sacred area of a lot of energy um, but Lake Helen Cemetery has gravestones dated to the 1800s. Spooky. So like we were saying, this has been there for a real long time. Mm-hmm. This guy was like, hey, I guess I got to go down there. The spirit's talking to me. And then he gets there and they're like, hey, this is a natural vortex. And then all these other psychics are like, oh, my God. Yeah. I feel that. I feel the energy. I gotta go there. Yep. You know? So then, it's an old town. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of history. There's a lot of things we don't know what happened. There's a lot of things that we do know what happened. But we're mainly going to be talking about the cemetery area. Okay. So, the cemetery is located in a highly trafficked area. And authorities are constantly watching it because there's been so many issues with like teenagers and vandalism Mm -hmm. and people just disrespecting it because you know how teenagers are. Yeah. They don't care about anything and youths. Right. And if they know, Oh, the devil's chair is located in the cemetery. I'm going to go double dog, triple dog, dare my friend to go sit in it. (laughs) What is this? The Christmas story? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I was homeschooled. I don't know what you want from me. But like that's the scariest thing you said all night. What that was homeschool? (laughs) Ooh, spooky. But yeah, it's just a lot of teenagers have Mm -hmm. disrespected the area, especially knowing, oh, it's the psychic capital of the world. A lot of people will go there and just be mean and disrespectful to where psychics and mediums have all had things stolen from them, all had their areas vandalized, Mm -hmm. all from these outsiders messing around, especially around Halloween because everyone's like, oh, it's extra spooky season. Yeah. We got to go. So the police around the area have a completely like zero tolerance policy for that cemetery to where no one's allowed to enter the area after dark because what do you have doing in a cemetery after dark you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so they're always just keeping watch of the area to make sure that no one's going there to mess around or anything like that because it's actually really sweet the chair itself the tale is that it was actually created by a man who would visit his wife's grave every single day And because he did it so often, he wanted to just create a nice place to sit so he could just be with her and not have to like stand or sit on the ground or anything like that. And so it's actually really sad. Like these are people's actual graves and then just teenagers and assholes are going around messing it all up. So that's what I'm saying. Like it's actually really touching as to why this chair was made, but then People started to create rumors and legends Mm -hmm. saying that it's the devil's chair, Mm -hmm. which I mean, who knows? It could be, maybe could not be, but 
I don't think the devil's got time to just sit around. <laughs> like, I think he's a little busy. He's, <laughs> he's just chilling, just like, you know what? He's like, damn, I could really use a seat right now. Let me just... <laughs> Casadega in Florida? Beautiful. That hot, That's sandy where, weather. Literally, this is where he vacations. Honestly, I used to always say Florida is Satan's armpit. That's why it's so damp and humid here all the time because it's Satan's armpit. And that's why all the crazies of Florida man are here because it spawns armpit. Of His Satan's unruly armpit. armpit hairs. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It makes sense, right? It's all is starting to make sense. That's what I'm saying. So mm -hmm. Devil's Chair kind of does make a little sense. Mm -hmm. But so this is what I'm talking about. Like they say it's just a legend and a rumor, but then weird things have happened there. Mm -hmm. So one of the rumors is if <laughs> this would be me, if I was a ghost <laughs> is if you leave an unopened beer on the chair, when you return, it's going to be empty, but not opened. So it's still going to be closed. Like the top is not going to be off. It's if it's a can, it's not going to be cracked, but it's going to be empty. And if that's not me as a ghost, then the I don't know what it is. The devil's a prankster. I don't know. Maybe the devil's just a drunk at yeah. me. I mean, if he needs to sit down, maybe he's sitting down for a cold one with the boys. Hey, with the boys in the cemetery. Like, how y'all doing? Good? Good. Watch me drink this beer and put the lid back on. I could see the devil being an alcoholic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Me this morning mm. at 11 a.m. when I was like, you know what sounds good? A glass of wine. <laughs> I haven't had chilled wine in a long time. I know it's just like, like red wine or beer, but I saw like chilled wine in the fridge and like I could go for a glass. No one's judging you here. Well, you know. Except some, for the devil. Yeah, I was going to say. And apparently the devil will appear to you if you sit in the chair. So if you sit down in the chair, he might appear they i don't know is the devil gendered they might appear in front of you well in the powerpuff girls <laughs> oh my god i can't i realized that that was the worst way to start that sentence <laughs> in the powerpuff girls in the powerpuff girls obviously i have a lot of ethos here you like my other ten dollar word um I, I was in i was in ap classes in high school um in the powerpuff girls the devil's name was him Okay. But so. him wore high heeled boots and eyeshadow and lipstick. It was very sexualized now that I think back about it. Well, you know. Were we learning about pronouns at a young age? I sure hope so. Damn. That, that'd be a much better universe for everyone. And so after you sit in this chair too, mm -hmm. there's another thing that might happen. <gasps> Tell me. I'm and it, come, it comes in three stages mm -hmm. are you ready mm -hmm. so the first stage is you're gonna start to hear a baby crying no no tap out no tap out. right so that's like your first warning okay and then if you get up and you're like i want to try this a little bit more when you sit down again you're gonna have a non-fatal warning so for instance what happened to someone is they lost hearing in one of their ears. No way, Jose. And they could never hear out of that one ear again. 
So it's like things like that that'll happen where it'll be like, it's not a fatal thing, but it's definitely something and it's definitely an inconvenience. And so then the third stage, which no one ever makes it to because honestly, if I sat in a chair and then I started hearing a baby cry in a cemetery, I'd be out. Yeah. I'd be out skis. I'd be First of all, I probably wouldn't be in that cemetery, but... No. (laughs) I can't even... I, like, don't even want to walk outside at night, like, in, like, a street lamp neighborhood, you know? I live in a gated community, and I'm like, guys, it's dark out. We can't go out there. The werewolves. (laughs) The The coyotes are going to get us. They're going to get me. But the third thing that might happen is just death that's it so you just die yeah or maybe like your soul dies <gasps> and you're just a zombie you're dead not, on the inside not like a like zombie that you see in the movies but like yeah a, like you're like like your ex-boyfriend yeah yeah that yeah. kind of a zombie so those are the three things but honestly i no one really makes it to the third stage normally because after they're like, oh yeah, you heard a baby cry, but then you sat down again, and then you like, like why would you sit down again if you heard no. a baby cry? Exactly. Like, just go home. Don't even, don't even this worry about spooky. it. And people also hear voices while sitting in the chair. So, yeah, Ooh. like whispering in your ear, and then the second they stand up, it's gone. No, see, I'd be out. <laughs> I'd be like, out okay, y'all, it's time to go pack your shit <laughs> let's get out of here yep and there's like dark shadow figures lurking in mm-hmm. the area no. like hooded dark shadow figures because we're next to a vortex which is very common yeah exactly mm-hmm. and like i was saying with the non-fatal warning a lot of people have actually like lost hearing in the area and stuff like that and it's just you see the shadows lurking some of you might be losing hearing. You're hearing the whispering, hearing the baby cries. Maybe just like, don't go. Yeah, I think that's pretty good advice. So don't go in general, just because like I was saying in the beginning, it's kind be of respectful. Exactly. If you don't have family there, like don't go to the cemetery. Yeah. You have no reason to be going to a cemetery when you have no one there mm-hmm. that's just those are people's lives mm-hmm. that you just don't want to disrespect them you know it's just a place for people to go to mourn their lost loved ones not yeah. for you to dick around have your own fun so that's the devil's chair oh lord <laughs> are you ready for mine i am so ready morgan you have no idea so this one is off of creepypasta wiki yeah <laughs> and it's an actual story so i'm just gonna be reading you this story and i just want to start off by saying that like it took me a little bit to read through this because like i had to stop <laughs> once we got to like the quarter part because i was like eh. I don't know if I could read this one on the internet. This one's kind of scary. But um, I kept reading through it, and it was actually, like, pretty good. So I, 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 brought, up, I brought up the bar okay. for spookiness. Do it. Because, like, you are not scared of literally anything, so. I'm scared of a lot of things. It's okay. <laughs> you're, like, my, you're my knight in shining armor I'm anytime really, that we are scared. I'm really You're literally, not. like, it's okay. Like, <laughs> You're killing the vibe. And I'm like, yeah. And then I try to act cool. And then 
it doesn't work. It's okay. I'm just the dominant one. It's fine. Uh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for my storytelling? Yes. Okay. And I'm going to credit the story to Brian Russell, which is the one who actually wrote this. So let's get started and ha, let's get it started. I'm stalling because I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> Let me start by saying that Peter Terry was addicted to heroin. Oh, great start. That, wow. <laughs> We're just jumping right in. We were friends in college and continued to be after I graduated. Notice that I said I in quotes. <gasps> he dropped out after two years of barely cutting it. After I moved out of the dorms and into a small apartment, I didn't see Peter as much. We would talk online every now and then on AIM was like the thing Oof. before, you know, Facebook. Way back. So these are for my kids who know what AIM is. There was a period where he wasn't online for about five weeks straight. I wasn't worried. He was a pretty notorious flake and a drug addict, so I assumed he just stopped caring. Then one night, I saw him log on. Before I could initiate a conversation, he sent me a message. David, man, we need to talk. It's never a good sign when someone says, we need to talk, period. Dylan said that to me one time. And I immediately called him and he was like, we'll talk when you get home. I was like, no, we're talking no, right now. You don't send a text message like that. That's loaded. That is a loaded gun. Do not do that to me. Don't. Triggered. <laughs> that was when he told me about the no end house. Mm -mm. Mm -mm -mm -hmm. It got that name because no one had ever reached the final exit. The rules were pretty simple and cliche. Reach the final room of the building and you win $500. There were nine rooms in all. The house was located outside the city, roughly four miles from my house. Apparently, Peter had tried and failed. He was a heroin addict who, who knows whatever the fuck else addict. So I figured the drugs got the best of him and he wigged out on a paper ghost or something. He told me it would be too much for anyone that it was unnatural. Yep. I didn't believe him. I told him I would check out check it out the next night and no matter how hard he tried to convince me otherwise $500 sounded too good to be true I had to go I set out the following night when I arrived I immediately noticed something strange about the building have you ever seen or read something that shouldn't be scary but for some reason a chill crawls up your spine yep I walked yup <laughs> yup literally a no trespassing sign will be like but why um, I walked toward the building and the feeling of uneasiness only intensified as I opened the front door. My heart slowed and I let a relieved sigh leave me as I entered. The room looked like a normal hotel lobby decorated for Halloween. A sign was posted in place of the in place of a worker. It read room one this way, eight more follow. Reach the end and you win. I chuckled and made my way to the first door. The first area was almost laughable. The decor resembled a Halloween aisle at Kmart, complete with sheet ghosts and animatronic zombies that gave a static growl as you passed by. At the far end was an exit. It was the only door besides the one that I had entered through. I brushed through the fake spider webs and headed to the second room. I was greeted by fog as I opened the door to room two. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> The room definitely upped the ante in terms of technology. 
Not only was there a fog machine, but a bat hung from the ceiling and flew in a circle. Scary. They seem to have a Halloween soundtrack, that one you would find in like a 99 cent store on loop somewhere in the room. I didn't see a stereo, but I guess they must have had a PA system. Mm-mm. I stepped over a few toy rats that wheeled around and walked with a puffed chest across to the next area. I reached for the doorknob and my heart sank to my knees. I did not want to open that door. A feeling of dread hit me so hard I could barely even think. Logic overtook me after a few terrified moments and I shook it off and entered the next room. Room three is when things began to change. Mm. On the surface, it looked like a normal room. There was a chair in the middle of the wood paneled floor. No. First of all, scary. Don't like that. Sketch. (laughs) A single lamp in the corner. Scary. Did a poor job of lighting the area, casting a few shadows across the floor and walls. That was the problem. Shadows. Plural. (gasps) Oh. With the exception of the chairs, there were others. I had I had barely walked in the door and I was already terrified. Yep. It was in that moment that I knew something wasn't right. I didn't even think as I automatically tried to open the door that I came through and it was locked from the other side. Nope. Nope. That set me off. Yeah. Was someone locking the doors as I progressed? There's no way I would have heard them. Was it a mechanical lock that set automatically? Maybe, but I was too scared to really think. I turned back to the room and the shadows were gone. The chair shadow remained, but the others were gone. I slowly began to walk. I used to hallucinate when I was a kid, so I wrote it off as just like the shadows of a figment in my imagination. I began to feel better as I made it to the halfway point of the room. I looked down as I took my steps and that's when I saw it or didn't see it. My shadow wasn't there. I didn't have time to scream. I ran as fast as I could to the other door and flung myself in without thinking of the room beyond. (sighs) Listen, if there's a chair in the middle of the room and it's not like up against a wall, why is it in the middle of the room? Why is it there? (gasps) Lap dances. Are you a stripper? (laughs) (laughs) Why did I say stripper? No, I could be a dancer. A private dancer. Exactly. The fourth room was possibly the most disturbing. 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 (laughs) Is disturbing. Is disturbing. I'm disturbed. As I closed the door, all light seemed to be sucked out and put back into the previous room. I stood there, surrounded by darkness, not able to move. I'm not afraid of the dark and never have been, but I was absolutely terrified. All sight had left me. I held my hand in front of my face, and if I didn't know what I was doing, I would have never been able to tell. Darkness doesn't describe it. I couldn't hear anything. It was dead silent. When you're in a soundproof room, you can still hear yourself breathing. You can hear yourself being alive. I couldn't. I began to stumble forward after a few moments, my rapidly beating heart the only thing I could feel. There was no door in sight. Wasn't even sure if there was one at this time, but the silence broke by a low hum. Nope. I felt something behind me. I spun around wildly, (coughs) but could barely even see my nose. I knew it was there, though. Regardless of how dark it was, I knew something was there. The hum grew louder, closer. It seemed to surround me, but I knew whatever it was causing the noise was in front of me, inching closer. 
I took a step back. I had never felt this kind of fear. And I can't really describe true fear. I wasn't even scared I was going to die. I was scared of what the alternative was. I was afraid of what this thing had in store for me. Then the lights flashed for a second and I saw it. (gasps) Nothing. I saw nothing. And I know I saw nothing there. The room was, again, plunged into darkness. The hum became a wild screech. I screamed in protest. I couldn't hear this goddamn sound for another minute. I ran backwards, away from the noise, and fumbled for the door handle. I turned and fell into room five. Before I describe room five, you have to understand something. I'm not a drug addict. I've had no history of drug abuse or any sort of psychosis short of childhood hallucinations I mentioned earlier. And those were the only when I was like really tired or just waking up. I entered the no end house with a clear head. After falling in from the previous room, my view of the room five was from my back looking up at the ceiling. What I saw didn't scare me. It simply surprised me. Trees had grown into the room and were towering above my head. The ceilings in this room were much taller than the others, which made me think I was in the center of the house. I got up off the floor, dusted myself off, and took a look around. It was definitely the biggest room of them all. I couldn't even see the door where I was. Various brush and trees must have blocked my line of sight with the exit. Up to this point, I figured the rooms were going to get scarier, but this was paradise compared to the last room. I also assumed whatever was in room four stayed back there. I was incredibly wrong. As I made my way deeper into the room, I began to hear what one would hear if they were in a forest. Chirping, bugs, and the occasional flap of birds seemed to be my only company in this room. That was the thing that bothered me the most. I heard the bugs and other animals, but I didn't see any of them. I began to wonder how big this house was. From the outside, when I first walked up to it, it looked like a regular house. It was definitely on the bigger side, but this was almost a full forest in here. The canopy covered my view of the ceiling, but I assumed it was still there, however high it was. I couldn't see any of the walls either. The only way I knew I was still inside was the floor matched the other rooms. The standing dark wood paneling. The standard dark wood paneling. (sighs) Are you okay? I'm not. (laughs) I kept walking, hoping that the next tree I passed would reveal the door. After a few moments of walking, I felt a mosquito fly onto my arm. I shook it off and kept going. A second later, I felt about 10 more land on my skin at different places. Nope. I felt them crawl up and down my arms and legs, and a few made their way across my face. I flailed wildly to get them off, but they just kept crawling. I hate mosquitoes. Me too. That is like my number one pet peeve, and I'm allergic to bug spray. I love that for you. And I I live in Florida. I hate the feeling of bug spray on me, though. That too. I also hate the smell of it. It's the smell, the feeling, all of it. The second I put it on my skin, I'm like, get this off of me right now. I'd rather just get eaten alive or wear like 10 layers of clothing so I don't have to deal with a bug. I also (laughs) like don't like being outside at night. Because spooky. But also like mosquitoes. That is spooky. That too. (sighs) I'm not okay, guys. You got this. (laughs) I looked down and let a muffled scream, more of a whimper, to be honest. I didn't see a single bug. Not one bug was on me, but I could feel them crawl. I heard them fly by my face and sting my skin, but I couldn't see a single one. 
I dropped to the ground and began to roll wildly. I was desperate. I hated bugs, especially ones that I couldn't see or touch. But these bugs could touch me, and they were everywhere. I began to crawl. I had no idea where I was going. The entrance was nowhere in sight, and I still hadn't even seen the exit. So I just crawled, my skin wriggling with the presence of those phantom bugs. After what seemed like hours, I found the door. I grabbed the nearest tree, propped myself up, mindlessly slapping my arms and legs to no avail. I tried to run, but I couldn't. My body was exhausted from crawling and dealing with whatever it was that was on me. I took a few shaky steps toward the door, grabbing each tree on the way for support. It was only a few feet away when I heard it, the low hum from before. It was coming from the next room, and it was deeper. I could almost feel it inside my body, like when you stand next to an amp at a concert. The feeling of the bugs on me lessened the hum, <laughs> lessened as the hum grew louder. As I placed my hand on the doorknob, the bugs were completely gone, but I couldn't bring myself to turn the knob. I knew that if I let go, the bugs would return, and there was no way I could make it back to the room for. I just stood there, my head pressed against the door, marked six, and my hand shakily grasping the doorknob. The hum was so loud I couldn't even hear myself pretend to think. There was nothing I could do but move on. Room six was next, and room six was hell. I closed the door behind me. My eyes held shut, my ears ringing. The hum was surrounding me. As the door clicked into place, the hum was gone. I opened my eyes in surprise, and the door I had shut was gone. It was just a wall now. I looked in. I, I looked around in shock. The room was identical to room three, the same chair and lamp, but with the correct amount of shadows this time. The only real difference was that there was no exit door, and the one I came through was gone. As I said before, I had no previous issues in terms of mental instability, but at that moment, I fell into what I now know was insanity. Mm -hmm. I didn't scream. I didn't make a sound. At first, I scratched softly. The wall was tough but I knew the door was there somewhere. I just knew it was. I scratched the doorknob. I scratched at where the doorknob was. I clawed at the wall frantically with both hands, my nails being filled down to the skin against the wood. I fell silently to my knees. The only sound in the room, the incessant scratching against the wall. I knew it was there. The door was there. I knew it was just there. I knew if I could just get past this wall. Are you all right? I jumped off the ground and spun in one motion. I leaned against the wall behind me and saw what it was that spoke to me. To this day, I regret ever turning around. There was a little girl. She was wearing a soft white dress that went down to her ankles. Nope. Fucking creepy, bro. I should have been a creepy Victorian girl in a muumuu for Halloween. That's what I should have been. Because I can't handle this. I can't handle this. I can't handle this okay oh lord jesus are you all right uh, no i am not all right the fact that you just asked me that question made me not all right exactly you got this i'm here so there was a little girl she was wearing a soft white dress that went down to her ankles she had a lot she had long blonde hair to the middle of her back and white skin and blue eyes emily that's was you yeah <laughs> it was me the story's about me, Morgan. She was the most frightening thing I had ever seen. True that. And I know that nothing in my life will ever be as unnerving as what I saw in her. While looking at her, I saw something else. 
Where she stood, I saw what looked like a man's body, only larger than normal and covered in hair. He was naked from head to toe, but his head was not human, and his toes were hooves. It ha- it wasn't the devil, but in that moment, it might as well have been. The form of the head of a ram and the snout of a wolf. Excuse me? Um, excuse me? Mr. Tubbin, is that you? Um. <laughs> oh. I love him. Oh. I instantly feel better. Okay. Okay. Comforting But pause. he didn't have a nice face like Mr. Tubbin. Well, it, you know, just don't look at the face. Yeah, don't look at the face. That's what she or said. Or don't look at the little girl. Ooh, Emily, are you okay? <laughs> it was horrifying, and it was synonymous with the little girl in front of me. They were the same form. I can't really describe it, but I saw them at the same time. They shared the same spot in that room, but it was like looking at two separate dimensions. When I saw the girl, I saw the form. And when I saw the form, I saw the girl. I couldn't speak. I could barely even see. My mind was revolting against what it was attempting to process. I had been scared before in my life, and I had never been more scared than when I was trapped in the fourth room. But that was before room six. I just stood there staring at whatever it was that spoke to me. There was no exit. I was trapped here with it. And then it spoke again. David, you should have listened. When it spoke, Ah! I can't. (laughs) This is room six, right? Yeah. We have to get it to room eight. Yep. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. So we're not even... We're not even there yet. We're not even there. Okay. (laughs) Okay. But I think that it's very interesting that it is room six and it's hell. Morgan! I don't want to talk about that. Six, six, six. No. Morgan, don't say it. Morgan! I'm feeling a little edgy. The sun is going down. It is 6.52. (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) At least it's not like 6.33 or something. Morgan, listen. Listen. <laughs> the sun is going down, and I'm getting sweatier and sweatier. We also didn't turn on the lights, so we're like sitting in the dark with only my phone light. So it's kind of like it's setting the mood. I feel like I'm gonna get like campfire. I'm sweating. Okay, let's get back into it, babe. Oh God, I can't. <laughs> when it spoke, I heard the words of the little girl, but the other form spoke through my mind in a voice I won't <laughs> even attempt to describe. There was no other sound. The voice just kept repeating that sentence over and over in my mind, and I agreed. I didn't know what to do. I was often slipping into madness, yet I couldn't take my eyes off of what I was what was in front of me. I dropped to the floor. I thought I had passed out, but the room wouldn't let me. I just wanted it to end. I was on my side, my eyes wide open, and staring at the form down in front of staring at the My eyes wide open and the form staring down at me. Scurrying across the floor in front of me was one of the battery-powered rats from the second room, Mm. which at this point would trigger me. Like, I know it's fake, but like, triggered. Oh, is it? Mm, I think so. The house was toying with me, but for some reason, seeing that rat pulled my mind back from whatever the depths were in... What? <laughs> but for some reason, seeing that rat pulled my mind back from whatever depths it was headed down, and I looked around the room. I was getting out of there. I was determined to get out of that house and live and never think about this place again. I knew this room was hell, and I wasn't ready to take up a residency. 
Ooh. That's a really cool way to say that. That was a good sentence. Are you a writer? Like, this Mr. guy. Mr. Russell. You are killing it. Killing it. Brian Russell. Your storytelling? Wonderful. 10 out of 10. At first, it was just my eyes that moved. I searched the walls for any kind of opening. The room wasn't that big, so it didn't take long to soak up the entire layout. The demon still taunted me, the voice growing louder as the form stayed rooted where it, where it stood. I placed my hand on the door, lifted myself up to all four, and turned to scan the wall behind me. Then I saw something I couldn't believe. The form was now right at my back, whispering into my mind how I shouldn't have come. I felt its breath on the back of my neck, but I refused to turn around. A large rectangle was scratched into the wood with a small dent chipped away in the center of it. Right in front of my eyes, I saw the large seven... I had mindlessly etched into the wall. I knew it was what it was. Room seven was just beyond the wall where room five was. What? Ago. So he just, what? He just did accidentally, yes, like, did ma'am. He just, ah, my feet can't touch the ground. My feet can't <laughs> touch the ground. I need my feet to not be <laughs> touching the ground. I need to be curled up in a ball knowing where my feet are so no one can touch me. <laughs> you look like you're about to cry. <laughs> he etched it in t- without mm-hmm. even knowing. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I don't know how I had done it. Maybe it was just my state of mind at the time, but I created the door. I knew I had. In my madness, I had scratched into the wall what I needed the most. An exit from the next room. Nope. An exit to the next room. Bro. Room seven was close. I knew the demon was right behind me, but for some reason, it couldn't touch me. I closed my eyes and placed both my hands on the large seven in front of me. I pushed. I pushed as hard as I could. The demon was now screaming in my ear. It told me I was never leaving. It told me that this was no end and I was going to die. Oh, and then I wasn't going to die. Oh, so you're just going to live and... Yep, and just... No. I was going to live there in room six with it. I wasn't. I pushed and screamed at the top of my lungs. I knew I was going to push through the wall eventually. I clenched my eyes shut and screamed, and the demon was gone. I was left in silence. Honestly, that's scarier. I don't know how I feel about that. I turned around slowly and was greeted by the room as it was when I entered. Just the chair and a lamp. Why? I believe it. But I didn't have time to well. I turned back to the seven and jumped back slightly. What I saw was a door. It wasn't the one I had scratched in, but a regular door with a large seven on it. My whole body was shaking. It took me a while to turn the knob. I just stood there for a while staring at the door. I couldn't stay in room six. I couldn't. But if this was only room six, I couldn't imagine was what seven had in store i must have stood there for an hour just staring at the seven finally with a deep breath i twisted a knob and opened the door to room seven nope nope don't just just no i stumbled through the door mentally exhausted and physically weak the door behind me closed and i realized where i was i was outside not outside like room five but actually outside My eyes stung. I wanted to cry. I fell to my knees and tried, but I couldn't. I was finally out of that hell. I didn't even care about the prize that I was promised. I turned and saw that door I was 
that I went through was the entrance. I walked to my car and drove home, thinking how nice a shower sounded. As I pulled up to my house, I felt uneasy. The joy of leaving the no-end house had faded, and the dread was slowly building my stomach. I shook it. Are you okay? <laughs> no, no, this isn't real because he's not a door eight. This isn't real. I shook it off as a residual form of the house and made my way to the front door. I entered and immediately went up to my room. There on my bed was my cat, Bakersville. Oh. I know. He was the first living thing I had seen all night, and I reached to pet him. He hissed and swiped my hand. I recoiled in shock, as he had never acted like that, I thought. Whatever. He's an old cat. I jumped in the shower and got ready for what I was expecting to be a sleepless night. After my shower, I went to the kitchen, made something to eat. I descended the stairs and turned into the family room. What I saw would be forever burned into my mind. However... My parents were lying on the ground, naked, covered in blood. They were mutilated to near unidentifiable states. Their limbs were removed and placed next to their bodies, and their heads were placed on their chest facing me. Damn. The most unsettling part was their expression. They were smiling, as though they were happy to see me. I vomited and sobbed there in the living room. I didn't know what had happened. They didn't even live with me at the time. I was a mess. Then I saw it, a door that I, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, okay. Mm-hmm. It's like almost pitch mm-hmm. black in here by now. I know. It's like almost pitch black. Like I'm like, I know. <clears throat> then I saw it, a door that was never there before, a door with a large eight scrawled across it in blood. I was still in the house. I was standing in my family room, but I was in room seven. The faces of my parents smiled wider as I realized this. They weren't my parents. They couldn't be, but they looked exactly like them. The door marked eight was across the room behind the mutilated bodies in front of me. I knew I had to move on, but at that moment I gave up. The smiling faces tore into my mind. Yeah. It grounded me where I stood. Yeah. I vomited again and nearly collapsed. Yeah. Then the hum returned. No done (laughs) no no it was louder than ever and it filled the house and shook the walls the hum compelled me to walk i began to walk slowly making my way closer to the door and the bodies i could barely stand let alone walk and the closer i got to my parents the closer i came to suicide the walls were now shaking so hard it seemed as though they were going to crumble but still the faces smiled at me as i inched closer their eyes followed me I was now between their two bodies, a few feet away from the door. The dismembered hands clawed their way across the carpet towards me. Ew, no. All the while, the faces continued to stare. New terror washed over me, and I walked faster. I didn't want to hear them speak. I didn't want the voices to match those of my parents. No. They began to open their mouths, and the hands were inches from my feet. In a dash of desperation, I lunged toward the door, threw it open, and slammed it behind me. Room eight. No. I was done. After what I had just experienced, I knew there wasn't anything else in this fucking house that could throw me that I couldn't live through. There was nothing short of the fires of hell that I wasn't ready for. Unfortunately, I underestimated the abilities of the new end house. Unfortunately, things got more disturbing, more terrifying, and more unspeakable in room eight. 
I still have trouble believing what I saw in room eight. Again, the room was a carbon copy of the of rooms three and six. But no. sitting in the... Uh, you got this? But sitting in the usually empty chair was a man. No. No. <laughs> Emily said no. No. Shut it down. Honestly, After- <laughs> how, does, how does he say, like, it's the most unbelievable thing in this room? Uh, 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 d- what about everything else that you just saw like you just saw dismembered hands of your parents chasing you okay what about the little girl the 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 wolf goat guy like and you're and you're telling me that this this is this is the thing this is the thing the thing that's sitting a man sitting in a chair oh you just wait emily no are you ready no After a few seconds of disbelief, my mind finally came to accept the fact that the man sitting in the chair was me, not someone who looked like me. It was David Williams. I walked closer. I had to get a better look, even though I wasn't sure of it. He looked up at me and I noticed tears in his eyes. Please, please don't do it. Please don't hurt me. What? I asked. Who are you? I'm not going to hurt you. Yes, you are. He was sobbing now. You're going to hurt me and I don't want you to. He sat in the chair with his legs up and began rocking back and forth. Nope. It was actually pretty pathetic looking, especially since he was me, identical in every way. Listen, who are you? I was now only a few few feet from my doppelganger. It was the weirdest experience yet, standing there talking to myself. I wasn't scared, but I would be soon. Why are you? You're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt me. You want to leave. You're going to hurt me. Why are you saying this? Just calm down, all right? Let's just try to figure this. And then I saw it. The David was sitting down. The David sitting down was wearing the same clothes as me, except for a small red patch on his shirt embroidered with the number nine. You're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt me. Please don't. You're going to hurt me. My eyes didn't leave that small number on his chest. I knew exactly what it was. The first, the first few doors were plain and simple, but after a while, they got a little more ambiguous. Seven was scratching into the wall by my own hands. Eight was marked in blood above the bodies of my parents. But nine, this was the number on a person, a living person. Worse still, it was on a person that looked exactly like me. David, I had to ask. Yes, you're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt me. You're going to hurt me. He continued to sob and rock. He answered to David. He was me right now to the voice. But that nine... I paced around for a few minutes while I sobbed while he sobbed in this chair. The room had no door, and similarly to room six, the door I came through was gone. For some reason, I assumed that scratching would get me nowhere this time. I studied the walls and the floor around the chair, sticking my head underneath to see if anything was below. Unfortunately, there was. Below the chair was a knife. Attached was a tag read to David from management. Nope. The feeling in my stomach as I read the tag was something sinister. I wanted to throw up, and the last thing I wanted to do was remove that knife from under the chair. The other David was still sobbing uncontrollably. My mind was spinning into an attic of unanswerable questions. Who put this here, and how did it get? And how did they get my name? Not to mention the fact that I knelt on the cold wood floor. I also sat in that chair, sobbing in protest of being hurt by myself. It was all too much to process. The house and the management had been playing with me this whole time. 
My thoughts for some reason turned to Peter and whether or not he had gotten this far. If he did, if he met Peter Terry sobbing in this very chair, rocking back and forth, I shook those thoughts out of my head. They didn't matter. I took the knife from under the chair and immediately the other David went quiet. David, he said in my voice, what do you think you're going to do? I lifted myself off the ground and clenched the knife in my hand. I'm going to get out of here. David was sitting in the was still sitting in the chair, though he was very calm now. He looked at me with a slight grin. I couldn't even tell if he was going to laugh or strangle me. Slowly he got up from the chair and stood facing me. It was uncanny. His height was even his height and even the way he stood matched mine. I felt I felt the rubber hilt of the knife in my hand and gripped it tighter. I didn't know what I was planning on doing with it, but I had a feeling I was going to need it. Now, his voice, slightly deeper than my own, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to keep you here. I didn't respond. I just lunged and tackled him to the ground. I'd mounted him and looked down, knife poised and ready. He looked up at me, terrified. It was like I was looking in a mirror. Then the hum returned, low and distant, though I felt it still deep in my body. David looked up at me as I looked down at myself. The hum was getting louder and I felt something inside me snap. With one motion, I slammed the knife into the patch on his chest and ripped down. Blackness fell in the room and I was falling. The darkness around me was nothing like I had experienced up to that point. Room four was dark, but it didn't come close to what was completely engulfing me. I wasn't even sure if I was falling after a while. I felt weightless, covered in darkness. Then a deep sadness came over me. I felt lost, depressed, and suicidal. The sight of my parents entered my mind. I knew it wasn't real, but I had seen it, and my mind was troubled with differentiating between what was real and what wasn't. The sadness only deepened. I was in room nine for what seemed like days, the final room. And that's exactly what it was, the end. No end house had an end, and I'd reached it. At that moment, I gave up. I knew I would be in that in-between state forever, accompanied by nothing but darkness. Not even the hum was there to keep me sane. I had lost, I had lost all senses. I couldn't, keep, I couldn't feel myself. I couldn't hear anything. Sight was completely useless here. I searched for a taste in my mouth and found nothing. I felt disembodied and completely lost. I knew where I was. This was hell. Room nine was hell. Then it happened. A light. One of those stereotypical lights at the end of a tunnel. I felt the ground come up from below me and I was standing. After a moment or two of gathering my thoughts and senses, I slowly walked toward that light. As I approached the light, it took form. It was a vertical slit down the side of an unmarked door. I slowly walked through the door and found myself back where I started, the lobby of the no-end house. It was exactly how I left it, still empty, still decorated with childish Halloween decorations. After everything that had happened that night, I was still wary of where I was. After a few moments of normalcy, I looked around the place trying to find anything different. On the desk was a plain white envelope with my name handwritten on it. Immensely curious, yet still cautious, I mustered up the courage to open the envelope Inside the letter, again, handwritten. David Williams, congratulations, you made it to the end of the no-end house. Please accept this prize as a token of great achievement. Yours forever, management. With the letter, there 
were five $100 bills. I couldn't stop laughing. I laughed for what seemed like hours. I laughed as I walked out to my car and laughed as I drove home. I laughed as I pulled into the driveway. I laughed as I opened my front door to my house and laughed as I small saw the small 10 etched into the wood. The no. end. No. No. doing that we're not playing this game no, there is no 10 there is no house no no we're not doing that so with this story it goes from like jump scary stuff and like demonic scary stuff to psychologically scary stuff correct which i very much do not like yes like kind of like um, like Shutter Island and, you know, like Inception and stuff like that. Like that stuff that like has to deal with your mental state just because your sanity is so fragile. Like one small little thing and like you're going to crack open and break and you may not even know if you're sane or not. Yep. Like that's the stuff that really freaking scares me. No. So it was like as I was like reading this story again alone in my room in the dark, I was not okay i was not <laughs> okay and i was like i don't know but and then i kept like trying to like egg myself on i'm like yeah but i've already read it so like it won't be as scary and then we sat in here in the dark and not any better not any better at all nope brian russell 10 out of 10 you you know what you should get an award for that 10 out of 10 that's like stephen king yeah. Like level kind of horror. I'm done. I'm done. Are you okay? No. I need a glass of wine. <laughs> if I don't get a glass of wine like in like 10 seconds, I swear I'm going to drown like, in my sweat. Walking back and forth in her chair. Like whenever he's talking about like himself. Like can you imagine being in a room and looking at yourself? No. I don't even like to look in a mirror. Like I don't want to see Honestly. like. Like listen. No. If I don't get a glass of wine and... I don't know, like a mega fan to dry off all my sweat right now. I know my armpits are really I know, sweaty. <laughs> I'm sweating so much. I need a cold glass of wine and I'll I be okay. I did it, y'all. You did I it. I freaked out Emily. You did it. Yeah. Well, I hope you guys are able to um, sleep tonight. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Don't go sitting in random chairs in cemeteries. Nope. No. Nope. No. No. Don't go to torture horror houses because $500 is nice, but I don't think it's worth it. No, no. I'm not trying not. to show up at my house with a number 10 on the... Bruh. The Bruh. Bruh. I would... Bruh. I would just off myself right there. You're like, okay. Done. Me and the cat, we're gone. We're gone. <laughs> Leave on the road. But it makes me think, like, what if his friend was, like, in on it? Bruh. No. No. I don't think so. I don't know. Just I'm uncomfy. Most importantly, remember to don't, don't sleep, sleep alone. alone.